Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. He's with us live in the studio. Tim, good to see you. Always good to be here. New appointments to the stadium board. You know this very well because you were on the stadium board. Uh, what are the next steps? What are the things right now that the stadium board is considering that we would all be able to relate to? So it's a 13-person board. The governor has made his seven appointments to the board, and the majority leader of the Senate has made his three, and so the last three are the speakers. Um, and, you know, looks like a great uh, lineup of people. Uh, my only concern is that there are 13 new board members, and if they change staff, you've got no transition, no history moving forward. So that's a concern, but I'm sure the, I'm sure the new board will, will work it out. So the first thing they have to do is uh, create a new lease with the Brewers, which will govern how the 500 or $600 million is spent um, you know, between now and, and 2050. So get the lease. That'll determine how the money is spent. Um, and then the first thing up on the docket is probably starting to look at winterization. You know, how do they winterize the facility because they want to attract other events in there? So an exciting time for the community, for the state, for the brewers, uh, but a lot of unknown in front of us. Yeah, so where, where does the money go? Is there, is there like, is there a central bank within the board that they just sort of manage? Do they have, for lack of a better term, a treasurer that allocates dollars for different projects? Yeah, it, it's a really good question. So there there is, I think, about $35 million that seeds the um the pot of money that they'll use for the construction. There's another 60 million that's left um, in in the uh, uh, current in the bank, you will. For so so the real question is, and it's a good one, is as that money comes in and as you expend it on capital projects, how do you best manage the money? I mean, you can't put it in the stock market and lose it, but you want to maximize your return on it as you go forward. So that's part of the delicate balance between the resources that come in when they're expended and how do you maximize those. How long does the winterization process take? When will we be able to monetize that? Next winter, will it be ready or is it a longer process? Yeah, I would say that's an aggressive time frame to be ready for next winter. Um, and they have to know they'll be ready to start to book events. So I would say 25, maybe clearly 26. And then you can start bo- booking events. Concerts are the big money makers. Um, you can have a monster truck pull in there. You could probably have an NCAA tournament in there if That'd you've got cool. the right... So there's some cool things that you could do in there, but you have to have the certainty that it's going to be done. So do the Brewers control all of that, Tim, or or does the Stadium District Board have influence on events and things that could come inside the walls of the stadium? So, So great question. The lease controls everything. So the lease controls what money is spent, where it's spent, who's responsible for capital improvements, and who's responsible for maintenance. When it comes to the actual events themselves, that's really the Brewers' call. And all the revenue that comes from those events go to the brewers, with the exception of the sales tax and other things which would flow to uh, the state. And it's part of what would pay off uh, what's going into the stadium. Tim Sheehy is with us in our studio. I wanted to ask you about Herb Cole. The memorial service for Senator Cole is on Friday in Pfizer of a forum, which is so fitting. When you think about Herb Cole and your time that you spent with him, do you have things that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, we have the obvious things that come to mind about keeping this uh, NBA basketball in, in, in this community, all the things he did for education, what he did as a senator. I, I mean, two two quick anecdotes. I think the first time I met him, he was very complimentary about the tie I was wearing. And, and I walked out, I was so impressed, and I said, you know what, I'm going to send him this tie. And I sent it to him, and a year or two later, his staff said, he says that to everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's just his way of making a connection. That's a great story. But, but, but I think the most interesting time was actually sitting in his office with uh, Mark Lazary and Wes Edens uh, when he was about to announce the sale of the team. And he asked me to call the governor and put Mark and Wes on the phone so they could meet the governor right after he had agreed to sell the team to him. So wow. very, very um, unbelievable individual for this community. Always made eye contact, always wanted to know your story. I think that was the part of my experience with, with Senator Cole. Yep. Uh, just an amazing man, very unassuming man, drove yep. his green Buick to the arena every night, somebody yep. would park it, green sport coat <laughs> on, just walking through, having his seat and eating his hot dog. Yeah, a really interesting combination of somebody who was a very public figure but very shy. Hmm. We've been talking a lot about Northridge. We've spent a lot of time on this show talking about Northridge, some of it with you. Demolition appears to be moving closer. Where are we? What should we expect? Yeah, I mean, the court, they're about to run out of legal recourse, and the state has now put up $50 million to help with the demolition. So I would say we're 90% of the way there now. Um, And then the big question is, once it's demolished, what happens? And it's not really zoned for residential. So the city could do this. They'd have to change the zoning. Um, And you could see a combination of housing up there. You could see light industrial. So it's really a a blank sheet of paper uh, that the city can start to put some plans around. And then the market ultimately is going to decide what happens to that vacant space. Is it hard to assign a timeline to that? I mean, you really want to vet your opportunities and and consider the most long-term beneficial. I mean, it's been sitting there, quite frankly, as an eyesore for years, so there's no rush. But um, once the demolition is done or while the demolition is being done, I think the city has eyes on how do they zone it, what kind of um, approvals are going to be necessary, and what does the market dictate in terms of development there. I wanted to ask you about vacancy rates from this point of view. Many people are still working at home. Companies have decided they can save money by allowing people to work at home. Does that lead to vacancy rates in some of our buildings downtown or wherever there are office complexes? Yeah, a really interesting question. I, I If I have this right, the vacancy rates uh, across the United States are running just under 20%. That's the highest number since 1979. Wow. Um, and so as we talked about this on the show multiple times, you know, people not returning to work using offices differently is really having an impact. I think Milwaukee's vacancy rate is right around 21 or 22 percent. So this is something that's going to stay with us. And as the financing uh, comes due, as leases come due, I think this is going to be a real challenge for U.S. cities to manage. Uh, one story, San Francisco, I think, had the third lowest vacancy rate in the United States. I think it's approaching one of the highest vacancy rates right now. So it's really wow. hitting uh, some of our major U.S. urban markets. Interesting. At what point does that start to affect the cost of living in those areas, I wonder? And San Francisco perpetually is just insane to try and live in, right? do any kind of business in. Just expensive, period. Yeah, and I think a lot of the tech companies have realized that their workers are happy working remotely. Uh, they don't want to come in uh, as much. So it's hard to see that office vacancy rate coming down, which leads to the discussion we've had before about creative uses. And you start to see it in downtown Milwaukee, where the housing, um, the downtown housing seems to be very attractive. And trying to turn things like 100 East into housing is what's going to have to fill the void uh, until this shakes out. All right. How about Tim's good news of the week? 
Maybe good news of the week because I'm starving right now, but my good news of the week is that Maria's Pizza, which has been operating for 65 years on roughly uh, 5025 West Forest Home, is going to reopen under new owners. I love pizza, yes. and that's a great spot. you got to go get you a slice or a pie tonight. I, I could walk right across here and yeah. get one. Uh, get something you can bring home for Liz. You'll, <laughs> you'll be in a lot better shape. Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Tim, thank you. Always good to catch up. Always great to be here.